It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. This is the Fox News Rundown Extra. I'm Dave Anthony. Today, an American lawmaker who just went to Taiwan. No, not House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, whose trip there a month ago caused a big stir, angering China so much it started large-scale military exercises and live-fire drills all around the island. No, it's Republican Senator Marsha Blackburn, who went to Taiwan late in August after another delegation of lawmakers also visited the island to China's dismay to show American support. Now, my conversation the other day with the senator was too long to include in our regular rundown podcast. So today, we let you hear it all, which, of course, we do with these extras twice every weekend. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. As always, please come back every day. And now, Republican Senator Marsha Blackburn from Tennessee on the Fox News Rundown Extra. Joining us again on the Fox News Rundown is Senator Marsha Blackburn, a Republican from Tennessee who is just back from a trip to Taiwan, the latest American lawmaker to go to the island that, of course, China considers its own territory. And it has been a big issue really all month with House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's trip to Taiwan several weeks ago. Senator, thank you very much for joining us. Delighted to join you. Thank you so much. So you go there a few weeks after the the whole dust up over the House Speaker Pelosi trip. What did you expect when you went to Taiwan? I this was a return trip to Taiwan for for me. And what I expected to see is pretty much what I saw. People who love love their country people who are very patriotic, who share our values of democracy, of freedom, of liberty, of individuals being able to be productive. Those are all things that you see from the Taiwanese, and they are very forceful in moving forward and taking steps to protect themselves from China. China is really trying to bully not only Taiwan, but the other nations that are there in the Pacific Island region in the Indo-Pacom area, as we call it. So um, I I think that uh, what you see are people that uh, really like being able to say, we are a great nation of people. We have a, a hardworking president. We have a military. We have a cabinet. We have our parliament. And uh, we are working to protect ourselves. You, you referenced it as a country and a nation. You said uh, when you talked to Taiwan's president that you referenced it as a country. That, of course, goes over very badly with China. China considers it its own territory, a rogue breakaway region, essentially. The U.S. has strategic ambiguity toward Taiwan, but you call it a country. 
Yes, I do call it a country, because when you look at the fact that they have a founding father, they have the Constitution, they have um, all of their cabinet, their military, I think it's appropriate. You know, and think about it like this. If we recognize them and their independence, it makes it much more difficult for China to go in and run over them and say, no, this is our territory and we have to have the one China policy. And uh, think about it from their perspective. How does the U.S. recognize those countries that broke away from the Soviet Union and established their independence and set up their their government, drafted a constitution, uh, moved forward with electing their president. And that's the kind of respect that the Taiwanese would like to see. Okay. Now, do you think that we should change our one China policy then? We should just say Taiwan is its own nation, period. I, I think it's time to review that, review uh, the way Nixon and Carter moved forward on on this track and say, how do we best help Taiwan to defend themselves? How do we best stop Chinese aggression, not only in the Indo-Pacific, but across the globe? Because we know that China is intent on being globally dominant by the time we get to the midpoint of the century. And as I said, there are others of the Pacific Island nations that China is very aggressively uh, pushing against. I'm pleased that for most of these entities, the United States is still the partner of choice. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Hey there, it's me, Kennedy. Make sure to check out my podcast, Kennedy Saves the World. It is five days a week, every week. Download and listen at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. All right, now, when you talked to the president of Taiwan, was she concerned about the issues? Like, for weeks, China had done all these military drills around the island and these war games and exercises, angry over the Pelosi visit. Was was she concerned that there is going to be a, an invasion or some sort of a, a attempt to take it over? I, I think the best thing to say is they are very watchful and very mindful. And they are watching the aggressiveness of Taiwan and of uh, China against Taiwan and meeting with the president, with their National Security Council, with the foreign minister. They are all looking at how they bolster their defense po- uh, posture, how they prepare in the event that there would be a conflict, making certain that they're going to have the ability to um, to purchase uh from the United States uh, through the foreign military sales program, what they need to protect themselves. Okay, so you, the, President Biden had said that the U.S. would defend Taiwan if China were to go on the attack. He sort of backpedaled on that. But do you think he made the right statement initially? I, I think that 
when you look at his history throughout all these decades in the Senate, he has been supportive of Taiwan. And I, I believe that he does has supported in the past, and I am hopeful that he still does support allowing China to have access to that foreign military financing and the foreign military sales. I, When you look at how they fumble things with Ukraine, I'm one of those that had encouraged the White House to move forward with um selling to Ukraine what they needed to defend themselves in the event of a conflict. And uh, I, I would, I wish that they had. And I think looking now at how Russia came at Ukraine, that taking a preemptive action and helping them bolster what they needed to defend themselves would have been helpful to forestalling uh, any kind of attack. This is one of the things where our allies need to know that they're our allies and our enemies need to fear us. And as you look at um, how we work with our enemy, our allies, the foreign military sales program is something that is important because this allows them to use their resources and to protect themselves. In Taiwan's case, they last week voted to increase their military budget by 13.9%. They're now spending 2.4% of their total national budget on defense-related uh, protection. You, you spoke of, of Ukraine it's, it's been more than six months since the invasion. There is a counteroffensive going on this week in some areas that Russian forces had taken over. I want you to hear what President Zelensky had said. He's vowing to chase the Russians to the border. This will happen. This is ours. And just as our society understands it, I want the occupiers to understand it, too. There will be no place for them on Ukrainian land. Now, Senator, you've been to Ukraine. You went three years ago as a member of the Armed Services Committee, way before Russia ever stormed in. What's your assessment of the conflict now? I, I think the Ukrainians have put up much more of a fight uh, than ever was expected. And... Um, People have been encouraged by their tenacity and their ability to protect their their land. Um, I my hope would be that they are able to continue to push against Russia. And I think it's also important for us to note in this discussion that China, Russia, Iran and North Korea, that comprises your new axis of evil, as I call it. And what you see is Russia beginning to do exercises, military exercises with China. Right, you right. See, They're starting that yeah, this week, I believe, right? Are they doing these joint That yeah. is right. And at the same time, you see Iran, another participant in that axis of evil, stepping up and saying, hey, Russia, if you need drones, if you need some ISR capabilities, come to us. 
we will be happy to sell these to you. So we need to keep our eye on this and look at that relationship between Russia and China. Uh, Look at the relationship of how China is using Russia to help China push to their their goal of global dominance, being the lone superpower by the time we get to the middle of the decade. Senator, I mean, the middle of the century. Right, right, right. Uh, as, as you said earlier, uh, you also on this trip to Taiwan, you also stopped at the Solomon Islands, correct? Yes, I did. Now, that's, of course, closer to Australia. But there was a situation where suddenly they do not want any foreign ships and to make a entry into their ports. They recently entered into a security arrangement with China. What does that mean? It is of tremendous concern. And one of the things that uh, was of note to me during this trip is those Pacific Island nations, they look at Australia, New Zealand, and the U.S. as their traditional partners. And for the Solomon Islands now to be in such close relationship with the Chinese Communist Party is causing concern to many of the political leaders there in the Solomon Islands and many of the religious leaders in the Solomon Islands. And actually, the political leaders have formed what they call the opposition. The people of the Solomons will tell you the U.S. is their preferred partner. They prefer doing business with the U.S. One of the things they say about the Chinese Communist Party coming in is that when they come, they bring Chinese workers. They do not work with the local people. And the Solomons do not appreciate that. They would like to have that work for their citizens. So uh, I assume then you, with all this discussion, whether it's the Solomon Islands or Taiwan or working with Russia, you would agree with a lot of the assessments then that that China is our number one threat. Oh, yes, I, I do think that China is our number one threat. And the way they are practicing the Belt and Road Initiative, the way they're practicing debt diplomacy, you see them moving into Africa. When you go to Djibouti, uh, where they went in and said, OK, we will give you technology. And they put cameras so that the Djiboutans could be viewed on camera with the comings and goings. And then China says, oh, by the way, we would like access to your port for doing this. So they set up a commercial port. And the next thing you know, they've set up up a Navy base. So they're doing the same thing when you look at what they've done in Sri Lanka. You look at what they're trying to do down in South America. This is a push to put their naval bases and their infrastructure in place as they push to global global dominance. And when you look at the debt diplomacy, some of these countries where they've gone in with technology or roads, 80% of that country's debt will be held by the Chinese Communist Party. Senator Marsha Blackburn, Republican from Tennessee, back from a trip to Taiwan the other day. Thank you very much for joining us. 
Thank you. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table, the Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts.